Gen Leadership Podcast. Come and fly away with me. 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 Come and fly away. All right. Thank you, everybody. And we're, we're back here with the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. Uh, Jonathan and I were talking about this. We're not sure if we're going to rename it in the future, but we're excited. We're getting back at it. It's been a while for me to actually get back on the air and, and do an episode. But um, with Jonathan on the uh, other end, uh, you know, he's a little bit further away. So we're, gonna, we're testing some things out and working with some ideas. And, and we're going to talk to you today about you know what this what this next couple months may look like on this show um, and some of the amazing stories that we're going to bring on and all those great things. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, the new co-host of the show, Jonathan Perrin. Uh, Jonathan, welcome. Hey, Nolan. I'm super excited on getting started on this project. This is going to be uh, super fun. Start talking to some people about different topics around the game of baseball, leadership, financial uh, advice and, and just financials in general. Uh, so just super excited to be here and uh, looking forward to seeing where this journey takes us going forward. Absolutely, man. This is this is going to be fun. I mean, we've been we've been planning this out for what it feels like months, right? But uh, you know, with with life and everything going on, we've we've finally found some time to to really settle in and, and hone in the ideas that we've kind of talked about. But um, could you give me a little sense of? your career and and for our listeners here what it was like um obviously for me i'm a lifelong brewer fan and um that was one of the organizations you were with here but could you give the viewers a sense of of kind of your career and and how you got started in the game and and how it all kind of culminated into a professional career yeah absolutely so uh grew up in olathe kansas suburb outside of kansas city um just grew up playing ball, was always athletic, involved in sports, was a football, basketball, baseball guy all up until uh, into high school. Uh, then once I turned 15, kind of got through got through freshman year of high school, had a couple concussions playing football and realized uh, my future's probably on the diamond. So I just really committed my life to the sport at that point. Uh, and then finally got some good advice uh, when I was 16 that, hey, buddy, you know, you're hitting 250 <laughs> in high school. Uh, you can throw pretty well down to second base from behind the dish. Uh, maybe you should just focus on getting up on the mound and, and, and doing that full time. And uh, that was probably some of the best career advice I ever got. Uh, switched over to the mound 100% full time junior year of high school and, and never looked back. I uh, ended up getting an opportunity to go play college ball at Oklahoma State. Uh, the rare four year and leave with a degree and getting drafted <laughs> guy yeah. uh, out of college there. Um, so graduated with my degree in history and then um, actually was a two-time draft pick. I drafted in 2014 as a junior by the Tigers. Uh, ended up turning it down, decided to uh, go back to school and fulfill the promise I made to my mom to graduate college. Uh, and then turned around and signed with the Brewers uh, as a 27th round pick in 2015. Um, from there, played three and a half years with the Brewers, really enjoyed my time with that organization, got all the way up to AAA uh, with them, was, 
you know, won a couple of player of the month awards and, and different things with them. Uh, really enjoyed my time. Got a chance to go to major league camp in 2018. Um, and then in August of 2018, I got traded over to the Kansas city Royals, spent uh, just a little bit of time with them, ended up getting cut by them, uh, from there signed with the indie ball team out of here in Kansas city. Uh, they were called the T-Bones at the time. They rebranded, and they, they now the Kansas City Monarchs. Um, got my contract purchased out of there by a team in the Mexican League. Uh, went to go play down in Mexico. Um, didn't do so well there. Spent about a month down in Mexico, and then got the tap on the old shoulder from the clubhouse guy saying that the general manager would like to see you. Uh, so <laughs> knew, knew, knew my time was limited and uh, ended up getting sent back home, finished the year in Indy Ball. I uh, went to the Dominican to play uh, later that winter, uh, tried to get a job. And then when the pandemic hit in March 20, uh, pretty much knew that that was the writing on the wall for my career and uh, decided to go ahead and take the, take the uh, exit stage left. And since then, I've been working full time and uh, as a financial planner ever since. Yeah, and that's, I mean, you've bounced around team to team, and that's an amazing career for anybody. Uh, I give you props for sticking with it for as long as you did because so many guys give up after their first, you know, know, might have been cut and just doesn't seem right, right? You know, and and whatever it may be, that was for me in my case. First time I even got a chance to play, um, manager tapped me on the shoulder and brought me into his office, and that was it for me, right? And, um you know, it just gives you props and, and the career you had and the experiences that you had, um, you know, the stories that you've told me so far uh, are amazing. So we're excited to kind of dive into those deeper. Um, but uh, thanks for sharing all that. It's really helpful for our listeners to learn about our, our future host here. And um, tell me a little bit about why you got into financial planning. I know that's that's the reason why you and I really connected is we both had a passion for baseball. We both had a passion for money. But what, what was it for you that that made this as a potential career for for the rest of your life yeah there was a two big experiences really that kind of you know scarred or just kind of burned the importance of money into into my brain and then uh just kind of led me down the path that i'm on uh first thing was you know my my parents um you know in high school my dad worked in the auto industry my mom she worked in the mortgage industry um and during my high school years, that was, uh, I graduated high school in 2011. So my eighth grade, ninth grade and 10th grade years were right in the middle of the financial crisis. Sure. Uh, and you know, the auto industry and, and the mortgage industry were probably the two, the two places that that was just the epicenter of the, you know, financial instability within the system, uh, job losses, uh, all that stuff. So it, things got pretty tight around our house, uh, during those years. And, you know, your parents try to shield you as much as they can from it, but it was definitely a, a pretty significant time of stress uh, f- for my family, you know, financially uh, and just, just overall in general. You know, when when things are stressful, you know, there are other stressors, you know, that are in your life can kind of get amplified. So that really stuck with me as kind of a, you know, from a developmental standpoint. Uh, and then the biggest reason why I became an advisor and a planner for other people was, I signed a professional contract in 2015. I was my undergrad was actually in history and political science, um, but signed a professional contract. 
got a bonus, had money in my account. It was the most amount of money I'd ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> and I really did not know what I was supposed to do with it other than put it in a savings account and sure. try not to spend it all. Um, which, you know, you know now, and I know now that that was not the correct course of action. Um, you know, and my mom, she had offered to, uh, put me in contact with somebody in the wealth management division at her bank that she had was working for at the time to see if I wanted to have a couple conversations with them, you know, about managing the money and, and things like that, you know, and I, with advisors and athletes, that has not always been the best mix. Uh, athletes are typically a pretty, uh, potent target for bad actors in the industry. So right. for me, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, I think that's something I'm going to need to do, but I don't want to walk into a meeting with absolutely zero knowledge of what anybody's saying. Um, so my, what I did is I hit the books, uh, being a history guy, reading and writing were the things that I was required to do in school all the time. I got pretty good at being able to consume a lot of, uh, pages of a book pretty quickly. So I just hit the books. I started with a random walk down Wall Street uh, and then got into, you know, just different different books from there. Uh, you know, Jim Cramer's had a few good ones, uh, a couple of Buffett books, just learning about him and Benjamin Graham. You know, I read security analysis before I even knew what a security was, for better <laughs> or for worse. Uh, but I just really wanted to take a deep dive. And I spent uh, basically a year, year and a half just reading and lurking on the internet and starting to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and then eventually just opened a brokerage account for myself, uh, just kind of a big believer in learn by doing. Um, and then from there, the rest is kind of history, just fell in love with the industry, fell in love with investing and learning about how markets and, and finances work. And uh, that kind of led me here to, to where I'm at today. That's awesome, man. And that, that's similar for me, right? I mean, we both I think baseball players especially have a lot of time on their hands in between games and bus rides and plane rides and all that stuff that it is an opportunity for you to take advantage of that time and learn um, from your experiences that you've had in, in making those mistakes and getting a sum of money off a contract, whatever that was. And, um, it, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to make money in financial uh, advising um, whether you sell insurance or you're a advisory only and a fee-based planner, um, or if you, you know, there's, there's other ones out there that, you know, some of us don't always condone, but um, a lot of people out there that get involved in this career just because they are baseball players and the competitive nature that it takes. You know, um, Jonathan and I both work for different firms, but we're definitely not competing against each other, but we're definitely learning from each other and, uh, you know, learning about the industry just by having conversations with each other, um, which is which has been very helpful. And I think the part of the reason why you and I started this, Jonathan, was, was because we want to be able to help baseball players understand a lot of those situations that you and I had gone through. And, you know, for the example that for me uh, was when I was with the St. Paul Saints, uh, my first paycheck was $200, right? And to play professional baseball, it's not always the glitz and the glam that you see at the major league level, um, but to get paid 200 bucks and say, this has got to stretch, you know, two, three weeks of my life for food and uh, travel accommodations and things like that. Um, a lot of players go through that as well. In minor league baseball, especially, 
uh, is, is a lot more challenging than people think because of the exact situation that you described where you know you might have seen a big sum of money up front but the back end of what your contract may be might be kind of pennies on the dollar in, in some sense you know and um, we want to be able to provide that education for uh, a lot of these guys that are going through the same things we are um, and so could you speak to that a little bit I mean your experiences you don't have to obviously divulge into the the money situation if you don't want to but um, kind of your experiences playing and uh, stretching some ideas and, and things that you did um, you know with with minor league baseball uh, around around those things for you Oh yeah, you, uh, playing minor league baseball. I mean that that brings balling on a budget to a whole new level. <laughs> you know it's uh, it's it's a completely different animal. Uh, you know the two hundred buck paycheck. I wasn't. I never got quite down that low, but I definitely saw not very many of my checks. My first two years of pro ball, uh, outside of the bonus, had a comma in it. So right. I can totally understand where you're coming from with that. Um, you know, and I think that was a reason. Part of the reason why I got into the industry on the advisory side actually stems from the fact that we got paid so little uh, sure. during the season. So I was actually working a job in the off season. I worked a bunch of different jobs in the off season. Uh, as a substitute teacher, I got my teaching license here in the state of Kansas. I uh, gave pitching lessons, you know, strength and conditioning help, you know, at the, at the facility I worked out at. Uh, and then I also waited tables at a restaurant and that's actually how I got my first job in the industry was uh, my first boss, guy by the name of Jonathan Fink, owner of uh, Satya Investment Management here in Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, he would come into the Zoe's Kitchen that I worked at almost every day for lunch because he's a vegetarian. He would order the same three things. He would order, <laughs> he'd order a Greek salad with no cheese, a bowl of rice, and a thing of, of beans. And that was his lunch, and I had it memorized after like his third, like his third time in there. I mean, pretty, pretty unique looking guy, like you know, short, curly headed dude from New York, talks real fast, you know. So he's a pretty unique character, and got got to talking with him, and he would bring his you know research reports or anything like that into uh, into the restaurant, and I, you know, this was right when I was starting to learn and educate myself on what stock market was, what investing was, you know, you see some stock charts on the papers that he's reading. And you, I recognized it. And it's just like, Hey, you know, one day I was just like, Hey, you mind leaving your research on the table instead of throwing it away? Yeah. And he kind of looked at me funny, you know, and he, he goes, yeah, sure. So he leaves it on the table. I picked it up, went and put it in my backpack back in the break room and took it home with me, read it all. Sure enough, next day coming into work, it's about 1130. Jonathan shows up comes and orders his food, sits down at the table. I go bring it to him a few minutes later. He sit, tells me to sit down. It's like, uh, okay. He sat down and started, started talking with me. He goes, hey, so what'd you read? And, uh, you know, started talking to him about what, what I read, you know, different things. And then, uh, you know, he gave me his business card and I, I reached out a couple of days later. We met for coffee, hit it off, just continued to develop that relationship over the course of the season that year. And then from there, you know, he, after that season, we had been developing that relationship for about eight nine months and then he was like hey i want to hire you i want you to bring you on as a remote employee you can work part-time for me start learning the business and uh you know that's kind of how i got into it and i think you know kind of going back to what you had mentioned earlier about trying to educate and and find your way and in, in things especially finance money can kind of be a, a tough topic i think that is one of the most important things is find people that are older and smarter than you that have been there and done that and have had success and just ask questions. Don't be afraid to just reach out to people and just pick their brain because 
the one thing that I've noticed is that anytime you ask a question, like, hey, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you get to where you are? Yeah. How'd you make your nut? You know, like, how'd you, how'd you become so successful? Most people will absolutely take you up on that conversation and be happy to tell you how they did it. 100%. Yeah, it's, I've, I've had so many experiences like that too. I mean, it was more for me in the game of baseball. Um, uh, Bo Bichette, um, his brother Dante was at the Saints um, when I was fortunate enough to be with the team. And I learned more from that guy in one season than I did in years and years of hitting by, on my own and, and from coaches, high school coaches and things like that. Um, because you think of his family. I mean, his entire family was surrounded by Major League Baseball. And that's why, you know, you see Bichette being a name that is so prominent today. But uh, as soon as I did my research on who he was, I, I shortly learned that I was going to follow him around and, and take as much knowledge as I could from a guy like that um, just on the field. And, and he was a great hitter. Um, and you know, I was very fortunate to have that experience and uh, get that when I did. But uh, n- not everybody at the younger ages gets to do that. And so um, very cool experience for me and very cool story for you. I did not know that's how you got your start in the financial world as well. So I love it. Awesome. That's a great name drop too. Yeah, good, good Bichette name drop right there. That's a that's definitely a name you want to learn hitting from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, percent. But so. kind of getting back to your original question about you know understanding like how to manage your finances and you know balling on that budget, like I mentioned. I mean, when your income is what it is in the minor leagues, and it's gone up even. But you know, my first year in, in A ball, we were making eleven hundred bucks a month. Right. You know, and, and like you said, you gotta you gotta feed yourself. You gotta put a roof over your head. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have a host family that year. Uh, you know, shout out to Bob and Christy Zuliger up there in Appleton, <laughs> Wisconsin. I mean, those those two people are wonderful human beings. Uh, you know, they let me stay in their extra bedroom for free, which was a huge relief. Uh, but that was something that I even now, even after I retired, I still have that mindset of like I have to be super super diligent about my budget and I have to know exactly where every dollar is going because when you do have such a limited set of resources like for me I was like I knew exactly exactly where every dollar was going each month you know there was there was no wiggle room if I was going to be able to survive on what I was making and get through the off season yep 100 percent and it is it's and that's kind of why we got involved with the more than uh, baseball organization um, you want to talk about how you got started with that? I mean, um, it's, it's unique in, in what they're doing, I think. Um, but that's how you and I had connected. Um, but for you, your connections with that, and then kind of go into what you kind of see uh, or, or foresee as the future of what this more than baseball organization is going to do and how we're going to be able to help uh, not only the players listening, um, but future generations and, and other players that – um, are no longer in baseball anymore and, and need transition help. Um, talk a little bit about that for me. Yeah, more than baseball, just a tremendous organization. Um, I actually met the co-founders, Jeremy Wolf and Slade Heathcott, back in 2018 uh, when MTV was just an idea. It was even before it had actually been formed. I played against Jeremy, in, or not Jeremy, but uh, Slade in AAA, uh, he was in Nashville when I was in Colorado Springs in 2018, so we were in the same division. So we played against each other a couple times uh, that year. And then uh, Jeremy, I got connected with. I actually did an interview with NPR. Uh, it actually started in spring training of 2018 when they were talking about the Save America's Pastime Act. 
mm-hmm. uh, when that all got passed and essentially just reinforcing the antitrust um, exemption for more Major League Baseball and legally classifying minor league players as part-time seasonal apprentices, essentially allowing Major League Baseball to do what they do from a salary suppression standpoint, and they're not legally obligated to pay minimum wage. Um, so from that perspective, I was doing an interview with NPR. Um, I did a podcast with Fangraphs, and then the NPR interview, Jeremy was also the other active player that was quoted uh, in that story. And that was like right when he was starting more than baseball. Um, so we got to connect and, uh, started thinking this through and we were both kind of had the same thought. I was like, this is stupid. Like, why is this system the way it is? There's no need for it to be this way. I mean, major league baseball is a 10 plus billion dollar industry. Right. You know, we're the, you know, I was in triple a making $2,500 a month and guys were coming back down from the big leagues. They were making what I was making in a month. And a night, you know, and, and so it, and I was right there, you know, I, I was right there. I was right next to him. I was sitting next to him in a clubhouse, you know, had two of them sleeping in my apartment with me. Like, but those guys go back up to the big leagues and they make in one night what I was making in a month and it just didn't make any sense. Um, so just started having those conversations and then, you know, now more than baseball is a 501c3 nonprofit that, actively uh, engages with current and former pro baseball players, help provide them resources. Uh, before the uh, proposed changes with now that all 30 teams are going to be providing housing for players, uh, more than baseball did emergency housing grants. Uh, they help with released player support. Uh, they help with visa questions, helping giving uh, access to immigration lawyers and things like that, just providing resources to players who don't necessarily have either the network or the financial resources to be able to get some of those things that would be super beneficial to them. Uh, I'm the volunteer director of financial guidance. So, you know, kind of along the lines of this podcast, just helping players understand their finances, how to budget, how to file their taxes, you know, just super baseline stuff that, you know, I didn't really even have a very good grasp on as a kid that came from a family where my mom worked in a bank and I went and got a college degree and took a couple business courses. Even I didn't really understand a whole lot of that. So how would a, uh, you know, a player from the Dominican Republic or a kid who signed out of high school or, you know, just somebody who has, didn't have quite as fortunate of a background or circumstance that I had, you know, trying to give those kinds of guys more resources to be able to make sure that, you know, their, their quality life gets better. Absolutely. And it's, you know, for us to share that message is just going to be an extension of a lot of what More Than Baseball does. Um, you know, one of the unique uh, situations that I was like, hey, cool, I was just watching the World Series, um, and Ken Rosenthal was uh, doing the interview um, that, he, you know, every pregame he does, and they panned down to his shoes, and he was wearing these yellow uh, shoe, yellow and uh, blue shoes that were customized to him. One side had a Fox Sports logo on it. The other had a bunch of, uh, I think it said more than baseball on it. Um, but those particular shoes got auctioned off after the game, and those funds got uh, given back to the more than baseball organization um, to better help the players. And he 
gave about a two minute snippet on why he's doing it. And I thought that was super cool. And just a connection that not only you and I have to that organization, but that's on national TV and millions and millions of people are watching that game. And so, um, just those are some of the kind of examples that uh, this organization has and, and the things that we're going to be able to show off and, and share with some of the listeners who enjoy the viewership of a podcast. And maybe you're on a bus right now listening to this episode, um, going to one of the games, or you're a young athlete uh, trying to figure out what your next steps are and, and how to develop it. Or you might have a contract out there that is you want to sign and there's a large sum amount of money. Uh, that you're about to receive and you're not quite sure what to do with it. Hopefully these episodes and, and these this series provides some perspective into how you go about uh, your future uh, with not only money but your baseball career. Um, so very cool examples. Um, there's a lot of cool guys. I mean, I'm just kind of scrolling through the Instagram site right now. Um, I see Yelich on here with some cool cleats. Um, that Who does that? Stadium Custom Kicks, right? Is that who yeah, is? yeah, that's Alex Katz. Um, you know, Team Israel teammate of Jeremy's. Uh, he's sure. really good. He actually made, he actually made a, a pair of kicks for me back in the day. I got some stock chart cleats made by him a really? few years back. Yeah. So whenever we get some video, they're at, they'll be behind me. They sit in my office. So whenever we get some video loaded up, uh, the viewers will be able to see see my uh, my Jordan Belfort uh, <laughs> stock chart cleats that I was rocking when I played. Oh, man, that's awesome. You're going to have to send me a picture of those. And we'll, we'll make that the background of this episode so everybody can see them. So I love it, man. I love it. Well, good. Uh, we're coming up on kind of our, our time frame of, of this particular episode. Um, like we said, this, this is really about the perspective and the opportunities that we're going to be able to create for other people out there. And we're going to tie that back into not only more than baseball, but different stories. Hopefully have some cool players on here and some interviews of, of their experiences throughout the game. And, uh, you know, we're going to hear a lot about uh, what Jonathan's doing in the financial industry and, and what I'm doing as well. So a lot of great things to come. Jonathan, anything else from you that you'd like to say before we wrap up here? No, just looking forward to uh, continuing this project. And uh, stay tuned for some more insights and some, some good stories to come. A lot, lot of good stories coming up on the, on the, the slate here over the next few months. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast.